0: welcome to where faith and feelings meet with pastor charity today is a reading from chapter seven of the get up unearthing your passion and taking brave action book and the title of chapter seven is get up and power up this essay is titled charity wheel and the wheel is spelled w-h-e-e-l-w h-e-e-l charity will remember when we talked about our names perhaps earlier um, in the reading of this book i believe learning the stories and thinking about how we got our names grant us a sort of personal power and confidence before i was born my aunt barbara had a dream i come from a family of dreamers we believe that dreams speak and help orient our lives so we pay attention, share them, and caucus to discuss and discern their possible meanings. In Auntie Barbara's dream, there were three wills. In one will was the word faith. Inside the other will was hope. However, the third will had the wrong word in it. There was nothing there. It was supposed to be uh, charity from the King James version of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 the triad of faith hope and charity Upon sharing the dream my mom was encouraged to name me Charity if I was a girl In 1977 people didn't have the luxury of learning what sex the baby would be or how many children they had beforehand So imagine the shock in 1980 when my twin brother and sister were born Wait there's another one is the punchline there <laughs> Knowing how I got my name Knowing that it means love and being who I am today, it fortifies me. And when I am shaky in my resolve, it aligns me and straightens my back when I slouch. I never tire of telling that story. My middle name, LaWanda, is not as pretty as if you ask me. To understand my middle name, you have to know that my mom's name uh, is Wanda Faith. However, she goes by Faye. She said she didn't care for the Wanda part. So she and my dad thought that by adding the LA to my name would make it prettier. No one calls me by my middle name. You know how many parents call your full name so you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are the one that they are talking to to set you straight or to put you in a timeout or be corrected. I don't think I've ever heard my middle name even when I was in trouble. (laughs) My last name is the one I've got to do more research on, Goodwin. I read that it's derived from the surname Goodwine, which means friend of God. I mean, really, could I have been called to anything else but to being a pastor like I am today? I also discovered my last name has Irish roots as well. This interests me greatly as my great paternal grandfather uh, appeared from photos and family family tradition to be a fair-skinned man with red hair who people called Red. And if you've met my son, Levi, and my cousin um, whom he resembles, uh, you'll begin to see that my interest uh, makes sense to be peaked. You've learned about my formal name. Now, my nickname. <laughs> my nickname is Chi Chi. Go ahead, you can laugh. I think it was inspired by the 1980s toy and cartoon, the Munchie Cheese. However, only a select few people know me as Chi Chi. My aunties, some close friends other family, people at summer camp, And now you. The people who really know me know my full name and my nickname. When I think about the community of God expressed as the Trinity, God, creator and creative who is relational and revealed in Jesus and whose presence is power through the Holy Spirit, it reminds me how we engage God, not knowing God's full name, if you will. We cultivate relationships with God and maybe Jesus intentionally in prayer. However, the Spirit, is seems, is less mentioned. Perhaps this is just in the circles I find myself in now. I grew up in a church that trusted the Spirit to help, comfort, and keep, but mainline Christianity continues to decline, and we mentioned the Holy Spirit, at least in name during the doxology, Pentecost Sunday, and maybe a few Sundays leading up to it. We've not cultivated a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And she is the one who is at work in the world today. No wonder certain churches are dying. They're not even being perhaps led by the leader, the spirit. I'm not writing the treatise here about saving the church as it is. I I admit I have a love-hate relationship with the church as an institution. And anytime a person or movement gains power such that it can be over others, it is set up to more likely dominate and hurt rather than heal and nourish I am called to cultivate with the Holy Spirit church that is about people who create experiences and glimpses of heaven on earth as they use their passion and gifting to serve and live fully engaged, none of which is possible without the Spirit. I get it though. The Spirit is unpredictable and not beholden to our comforts, preferences, and privileges. Therefore, surrender and mutuality are invoked when the Holy Spirit collaborates with us. But if we're used to our positions of power, our way of running things, including ourselves, without a connection to the source of power, then I'd say many churches and our lives are being run into the ground and the grave. This is why getting up is a practice we must cultivate lest we believe beneath the possibilities and purpose God has for us individually, lest we live beyond, beneath the possibilities and purpose that God has for us individually and collectively. You might ask, why did I leave the spirit-filled denomination I grew up in to become Methodist? When I learned about John Wesley, the founder of, Methodi- of the Methodist movement in seminary, I could sense that grace, as Wesley understood it, was filled with the Spirit. Out of Methodism, charismatic and holiness forms of church were birthed. Wesley preached in fields, which was deemed uncouth. He took the gospel to the people, and there are stories of people under the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit that left them, as we would say, slain in the Spirit, like you might witness in televangelism today. And while I'm not saying that this is the only evidence of the spirit at work, I do believe that the church has become comfortable organizing, planning, preparing the spirit out, and preparing the spirit out of what we create and call church. We hardly even recognize her her presence except except for when something aligns with the way we want it to. What about when she disrupts your everything, (laughs) resulting in new wisdom, love, grace, or courage? I'm clear that my role in the Methodist Church today is as a missionary, to remind the denomination and perhaps others of the fullness of God, which includes the power of the Holy Spirit to whom we have access, yet rarely rely on. This week, as we journey into the Get Up book, we're exploring the power of resurrection. We're exploring the power of resurrection beyond Tabitha's story and looking at the role and the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, Spirit, we don't, maybe we are not always willing or open to the moves of the Spirit. Maybe we, we are, but again, we want it. We want things the way we want it. Wherever we are, we just ask that our hearts can continue to be open to a collaboration, to some mutuality, to to being used and um, lifted up for the sake of showing your love and your grace and your power to others. In the same way that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives in us. And may we allow that spirit to live and to flourish. It's in Jesus' name we pray.